The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What is going on, party people? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. I'm your host, Chet, and I've got my co-host, Tyler, and Wade on tonight. We almost had Jacob, almost, but apparently South Mississippi golf is in a conundrum right now. Courses pulling state championship hosting events. People fail a drug test. That might that might be a rumor. I just made that one up. Uh, and yeah, it's it's 150 degrees outside. How y'all doing? Yeah, doing very hot. <laughs> yes, it, it has been very hot down here, uh, but I've been a little bit busy. I went on uh, Belly Up's uh, college football show that we did bright and early on Saturday. I've been working on a secret project that will be coming out tomorrow night. So if you're a subscriber or not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you're going to want to because you're going to get chills from tomorrow's video. It might make you cry. That's how that's how All much right. emotions that Tyler has put in. Wade doesn't know. No, I, I just got my wedding video, so I'm sure this will make me cry too. <laughs> I think this one will make you cry tears of joy. With yes. uh, but yes, we've got something secret coming out. To, uh, what do we say, Tuesday night or Wednesday night, Tyler? Tomorrow night. Okay, so Tuesday mm-hmm. night is the course that we're going live on Monday. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on the little bell so you hit a ding when ding. special special project uploads. And, of course, you want to stay tuned all season long for fantasy football updates from our fantasy football expert, Tyler. So uh, if you're watching live on YouTube, you notice Wade's sporting a little bit of scruff. Tyler, are you going to grow out the beard for fantasy football season two? I might have to if I get into the playoffs. I might have to get a little fantasy beard going on. Uh, but, yeah, we'll definitely play it out. But this boy over here. Turn into his childhood dreams like this is his Taylor <laughs> Swift. He went to the Nickelback concert this weekend. Yes, that is where the scruff originated from. Uh, decided that I would try my best to look like Chad Kroger uh, this weekend at the Nickelback concert. Been working outside, so I even have the uh, blonde tips that Chet <laughs> first met me with, and uh, a little bit of a scruff. So I'm just gonna rock it, see how far it can grow. He doesn't get carded when he's buying beer anymore, folks. So he's he's happy. Oh, that's because I'm 25. <laughs> so yeah, Nickelback looked like fun. Um, looked looked as much fun as uh the golf this weekend. I wish I was watching that instead of uh the Open Championship across the pond in Liverpool. So let's let's jump right into our sports uh talk. We had Brian Harmon win the Open Championship uh, by six strokes. Um, he kind of just came out. I don't think he was leading Thursday, Friday is when he shot his low yeah. round um, and was up. Uh, he was he had, he was 10 under, and then second place was Tommy Fleetwood at five. So he really led the pack the entire weekend. Um, we had some people make some runs at him with uh, John Robb just coming out and shooting the course record on Saturday. He, he vaulted like 75 spots, um, which is just insane. And then, of course, Sepp Straka and Tom Ken – uh, also tied for second. I think they all finished at seven under. Um, and Tyler, Max Homa, top 10. We should have listened to Futch. Uh, none of our bets panned out. I had a parlay that was looking great Saturday night. Every All of them were in the top 10 with Tommy uh, – not Tommy Fleetwood, who I think it, uh, Ricky Fowler, 
uh, Victor Hovland and Minwoo Lee, they were all top 10, and I just needed top 10, top 20, top 30, and they fell apart. But, Tyler, you watched Brian Harmon light it up out there this weekend. But it, it was a boring weekend of golf. It was a nice nap weekend. Yeah, I think it was more of a nice nap weekend. I think that, you know, Brian Harmon, they had a heckler in the stands saying, like, yes. oh, you want the stones to win this course, buddy. And, like, Brian Harmon's like, all right, bud, I'll prove it. And he went on to really dominate. You know, like you mentioned, Tommy Fleetwood, you know, had the lead after round one, had some others. And then, it, it, like, it really just either either you fell off of a cliff or you just stayed even like a lot of golfers The weather did. played a huge factor. Yeah, the weather it. did. I mean, Justin Thomas had a horrible weekend. Like, he was 11 over. I say that horrible. Like, if I shoot 11 over, that's a great round for me. But <laughs> these <nine>. guys, <laughs> these are terrible rounds. Uh, but, yeah, I got to give credit to Brian Harmon. I don't even know what his odds were to start the tournament, it's, but it was got to be a very long shot to win. Uh, so, Definitely congratulations to him and screw the heckler for trying to get on his nerves. Yeah, I want to talk about a shot Harmon took on Sunday. He was out in the left rough, and he had like four cameramen lined up to get that perfect picture, and they were right in front of him. And, I mean, if it was me, they were getting killed, and I was going to be arrested for manslaughter because I'm talking like you hit this ball anywhere offline. You're taking out one of them. And then uh, I can't remember who the golfer was, but he hit it like outside of the pedestrian fence. And he had to get back into the fairway, and he drilled the fence like <laughs> right in front of him, and it ricocheted back at the golfers. Now, I did that on our golf outing, and I you know, got threatened with a lawsuit. So I don't know why it's okay for them to do it, but when I do it, somebody tries to sue me. Chet, that was a 20-foot wall. <laughs> well, I cleared the wall. He you cleared the clear green it. monster. You <laughs> cleared everything. You cleared the house. You cleared the bushes, the pool, everything. Yeah, so uh, – that that kind of ends the uh, the major championship. We've got to wait pretty much another year for the Masters. It's very it's like weird. Eight months, yeah. Uh, of course, we got the FedEx Cup coming up three weeks, and then the Ryder Cup is going to be in September. So it's shaking up on the U.S. side. You know, nobody really knew who Brian Harmon was um, before this, and now he's vaulted to the number two spot on the U.S. Ryder Cup team behind Scotty Scheffler. So. We'll see. It's going to be, you know, last year or two years ago, the U.S. team really dominated the European team, but the European team starting to to round up nice with Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, uh, Tom Kim, uh, Minwoo Lee might make an appearance. They're all playing nice, so we'll have to wait. It's over in, in Rome. So, Tyler, are you taking the first-class flight to Rome? We've got you booked on the Sports Scramble Jet. Well, I definitely – Rome is one of those places I do want to go visit, so I might have to, you know, put that on my bucket list. Uh, well, it's in a month or in two months. So oh, maybe next year. Get, get, <laughs> <Start saving, laughs> yeah. Got to get that lottery up before we yeah, take those. Get a lottery trips. ticket, man. Well, we, they just had a, a billion-dollar lottery winning. Somebody in California won it. I walked in on Wednesday, uh, and I saw – I saw. I mean, the line was like out the gas station to get lottery tickets. And I was like, what is going on? I didn't realize it was a billion dollars because, you know – Last week I had salmonella and couldn't even get out of bed. So this was the first time I left my house. Um, talk about a, a wreck to your body. But they uh, don't eat the chicken at Chet's house. Don't eat the tuna or the in tuna. Central Texas. That's what gave it to me. <laughs> well, you live like nine hundred miles from the coast, man. I know. I I live. I should have <laughs> getting it from the that. lakes and the rivers, not the ocean. <laughs> yeah. So that that one's on me. That's um, uh, some tuna from Shreveport, man. Yeah, it was it was it tasted good. I didn't know you could get it from raw fish, but I guess this one uh had it out for me. So 
I was I was out all week. Uh, but all I could do, Tyler, was watch fantasy football videos, and we're gonna get into that in a second. Okay. But first, I gotta know who got that dog home this week. Who got that dog in? Brought to you by our friends over at Baller Bros Golf. You can see their logo right down there. Uh, we all want to look good on a golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Baller Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you'd rather wear than the Baller Bros Golf signature polo. Uh, right now, they have a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud uh, design or sleek and subtle, like we like to say that Fudge likes to uh, sport. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers. He's got some coffee coming out. I got some coffee I'm about to order to get, get my daily uh, daily caffeine fix. Um, you can get all of this over at MahlerBros.com, M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com, and use code BELLYUP, all one word. For fifteen percent off, and if you stay tuned to their website, you might see myself and Tyler sporting some Molly Bros gear. We got some uh, some model shoots in the works with them. Nice. Get some uh, get some nice pictures out on the golf course uh, to help grow that brand. So or in my to... exactly, <laughs> I gotta shave the facial hair to be pretty enough for a, uh, a model shoot. One. <laughs> well, we you might. Uh, now that you have a beard, we might get a shirt sent to you because that's what the people want to see. Is is the the Nickelback looking beard? Do we still um, have the uh, the deal with the uh, um, grooming company, or was that a previous deal? Oh, uh, I believe Belly Up has a deal with uh, uh, Manscaped. Manscaped. Well, that one helped help with what you're looking for. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not the upstairs. Well, they, the Manscaped has come out. Manscaped has come out with a new trimmer for your face. So wait, maybe you're ready to shave it off. You can head on over to Manscaped and use code BellyUpSports. I think you get 20% off of there. So but we're talking Mahler Bros. We're talking coffee. We're talking shirts, hats. I'm getting some hats made for us. We got some We got some merch of our own coming out. But if you want something right now, you got to head on over to MahlerBros.com. Use code BellyUp for 15% off. So let's get to who got that dog in them. Tyler, who's your pick this week? Well, this whole entire month, the Who Got That Dog in Them has been consumed with baseball. So I want to get some variety in this segment. I'm going to go on to the pitch. We got the FIFA Women's World Cup happening right now. And, of course, I'm going to go with my country. Sophia Smith had an awesome debut. Uh, Two goals. Uh, Really, the first one uh, was what the USA needed. They're going after a three-peat. No team has ever won a three three in a row, you know, not in the women's or the men's. So Sophia Smith with her two goals and the three-nothing victory over at Vietnam to get the tourney rolling for the red, white, and blue. So Sophia Smith in her debut gets the dog of the week. Okay. I like it. Wade, who you got? All right. Tyler spared me because I was like 95% sure we picked the same dog of the week, but we did not. So I'm going to go back to baseball. Surprise, surprise. Um, Atlanta Braves third baseman Austin Riley came out swinging from the all-star break. And for the last 10 days, has just been on an absolute tear. Uh, six home runs and a slugging or an OPS of like 1.6, which is uh, really, really good. So he was the National League Player of the Week. And uh, to me, he's the Dog of the Week. So 
Unfortunately, he's about the only Brave that is swinging the lumber right now. Everybody else is still on vacation mode. Or maybe they didn't really get a break during the All-Star break because they were playing in the game. So we need the Braves to get back on track uh, for for me and Tyler's sake. But uh, Austin Riley's doing his part for sure. I don't know if y'all saw last week, Ellie De La Cruz hit a, uh, threw a dude out 99.8 miles an hour from third base. He just base. continues to impress. I mean, it feels like every stat is just, just hit a home run. It. He's either uh, throwing he it fast or run. running fast. Or he hit a home run 13 but... minutes ago. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, the guy is, is something else. So, my dog of the week, uh, James Murray from Impractical Jokers. Uh, well, if you watch the golf coverage, Brian Harmon and James Murray are pretty much twins. I didn't know who was out there. I thought it was a skit from a Practical Jokers with how much he was beating the field. Um, yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> Brian Harmon. I mean, he won by six strokes. I guess a star set of field. Everybody thought it was Rory, Scotty, John Rahm, uh, Brooks Kepka, And he said, hold my beer. I'm going to come in here, bald head hold and all. Stones. Yeah, hold my stones. I'm going to drop them on y'all and, and win this whole whole tournament. So. That's my pick for Dog of the Week. Of course, we'll throw it up on Twitter, get our listeners' uh, input. And if you're watching right now, we got a few people in the live show. Neil commented that he had food poisoning this weekend. So, Neil, mm-hmm. I feel for you. Um, let us know who your Dog of the Week is. So, Tyler, let's get to your fantasy football corner here. Uh, we're going to start it off with the top five tight ends for 2023. Yeah, so we pretty much have been flying through these position groups. We had the wide receivers uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then we had the quarterbacks uh, last week. Had some surprises, but I do think that the tight ends is more of a vanilla. And the number one overall is probably no surprise. It's the best tight end in the league, and it's not very far. I mean, if you're ranking tiers, he's S tier. Everybody else is A and below. Travis Kelsey, ever since that Tyreek Hill has left the team, Kelsey has been the wide receiver one pretty much. I know that he's a tight end, but as you can see, the projected fantasy points, I has now switched it to PPR since our league is going, switching from the half PPR to the PPR, and guys like Kelsey is who you want, even in the first round. Not going to lie, like at the third overall pick, I'm even thinking about taking Travis I'm thinking Kelsey. about taking him at number two. How much of, huh? I'm thinking about well? taking him at number two. To All right, well, Spike, go and take him at number one. Okay, go for it, okay. Wade. Please take him at number one. <laughs> that just makes our decision even farther. Uh, but I just think that Travis Kelsey is just too hard to pass up on. I know that he's a 34 year old tight end, but age doesn't really concern me. Patrick Mahomes, uh, everywhere he, I mean, feel like every you know week and every season that I face this man, he's just very consistent and just killing me in every category. So. If you're going to get a tight end early, you might as well get the best one. I think that Travis Kelsey by far, you know, looking at Mark Andrews, looking at TJ Hawkinson, it's just really big of a gap. And looking at other wide receivers in the mix, you know, Kadarius Tony, he's been having some injuries. Sky Moore had a really impressive into the season last year, and then they got rid of Juju Smith. So there's definitely target share to be had. So I think that Travis Kelsey is the dog for you for your tight end. So let's go on now to our number two. Real and this quick, is going to be Travis Kelsey. He's he's Patrick Mahomes' favorite target for a reason because the man yeah. doesn't drop the ball. He's had yeah. he had multiple uh, games last season where he had more than two touchdowns. So honestly, I, I know I was joking taking him at number two, but he could very well be a, a make a solid argument be taken top three. Uh, yeah, I definitely range. think that, you know, in the mock drafts that I have done, you know, he's gone at six and number seven. But honestly, if, you know, like y'all is probably going to take Justin Jefferson 
and, you know, uh, Jamar Chase, that really leaves, you know, you say like Cooper Cup in your draft. So, like, what, like Travis Kelsey is pretty much on the same boat. I would put him in alongside, you know, the Cooper Cups of the world. So, I would not honestly, if, you're, if you have a first-round pick, even if it's like early as pick number three, I would honestly go with him because he is definitely, you know, could be a, you know, not only a game winner every week, but he could definitely be a league uh, winner for you every week as well. So going on to pick number two is a guy who's also been in my top two for the past uh, several years, and that is Baltimore Ravens tied in Mark Andrews. Uh, now Andrews uh, season last year is pretty much throw it into the, throw it in the trash. You know, the Baltimore Ravens looking at their, their team last year, it was just a team filled with injuries. Lamar Jackson, just couldn't really stay on the field. And Mark Andrews uh, missed a couple of games due to injury. We saw some wide receivers also deal with some injuries too. But I do think that Lamar Jackson is definitely going to have a bounce back year. The man got paid. He's definitely happy. He's, he's not like these running backs going to be opting out of, of, you know, not getting their contracts. Lamar Jackson's paid. And we've seen whenever we have a healthy Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews can also be a really good tight end as well. So, uh, as you see, you know, Travis Kelsey, he's been projected in the first round. Mark Andrews has been in the third round, so he's been more of an early round draft pick. And I think that is Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews and pretty much anybody else. I think that the top three tight ends, as you're going to see on this list, there's pretty much a gap between each of them. So I think that Mark Andrews, you look at also the target share, there's not really any competitors. Uh, they did sign Odell Beckham Jr., but he's also really coming off of a season where he didn't even play, and he's also entering his age uh, 30 plus season too. Right. So I, I think that there's really no worries outside of Mark Andrews. I think that Lamar Jackson has already shown in the past that he really loves to throw it to Mark Andrews, especially in the red zone. I know in fantasy we all love a guy who can really score a lot of touchdowns. And I think that Mark Andrews, uh, look at you know only five touchdowns. Last season, I think that number could definitely double to that. I see the projected as six, uh, but I would not be shocked if he goes over that. I just feel like the Baltimore Ravens are just going to be a better offense and well machine heading into the 2023 season. Let's go on now to my number three one. And I think that after this guy, this is really where the drop off happens. So if you don't take any of these three, you know, tight ends, it wouldn't honestly, it would be a very good idea to just wait. Uh, because I think that you're not going to get as an elite tight end as you are as the top three. So TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know, last season we saw him being traded from the Detroit Lions to the Minnesota Vikings, and he definitely got an upgrade in the offense. We know that Justin Jefferson is the main show. KJ is their wide receiver. Add Jordan Addison into the mix. So there's going to be a lot of target share that's going to be spread around the ball. I think that TJ Hawkinson is also going to get his too. I think that we saw him. In Detroit, Detroit didn't really use him as they should. We saw Minnesota, you know, Kirk Cousins, when they ever got into the red zone, he was going after TJ Hawkinson. So I feel like that Hawkinson and Kirk Cousins now going into year two definitely has that connection for each other. So I would definitely not be shocked if, if I see TJ Hawkinson, you know, fall to your laps in the fifth or the sixth round. He's definitely going to be there. So as you can see there, Hawkinson, you know, we saw Andrews number two, uh, you know, uh, Kelsey's number one. That's really been the consistent of all the fantasy leagues that you look at, ESPN, Yahoo, all the main draft sites have put these top three. It's just the consensus. I do think that Hawkinson, even with a loaded wide receiver group, he's definitely going to get his fair share heading into 2023. Now here goes to where the drop-off is going to happen. Number four 
is going to be George Kittle. I could also put Dallas Goddard here too. I do think that Goddard, if he's healthy, uh, could definitely have a good season as well. But, you know, like the other guys, they do have some competition in this offense. George Kittle definitely is interesting. As you look in 2022, this man was heavily dependent on his 11 touchdowns. I do not see that happening uh, this season. I just think he got lucky. Looking at the quarterback situation of the 49ers isn't what you call very good. You know, Sam Darnold is likely going to be their starting quarterback heading into the season, depending on if Brock Purdy is healthy or if Trey Lance is healthy. You just don't really know. There's a lot of question marks. It's like the same question marks that I had with Cooper Cup a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but George Kittle, I think that he's definitely going to have a drop-off in touchdowns. Don't get me wrong, but definitely he has the production. I know that they have Debo Samuel there. CMC is a guy that's going to take some targets from you. Uh, but George Kittle, he's always been a consistent fantasy tight end. Uh, so even with, you know, not even necessarily having 11 touchdowns, I do think that he can get enough touchdowns for him to be in your lineup every single week. So now let's go on to the top five. Let's finish it off. Darren Waller, he's on Great a huge guy. Team. No longer on the Las Vegas Raiders, and I definitely think that he's gotten an upgrade in the offense. The Raiders just didn't really use him like he should have. You know, Darren Waller is one of those underrated tight ends. You know, like you mentioned, Wade has drafted him, it feels like, every year. and he's No longer. <laughs> yeah, consistently putting it up. But now, as you're looking at the Giants' offense, you don't know what Saquon Barkley is going to do. You know, he hasn't got his contract yet. Is he still going to be the Giants? Is he not? But looking at also other wide receivers, you know, you're, you're not really know what you're going to get from the Giants' wide receivers. There's some talent in the position. But the Giants just don't know, who, you know, what to do with them. You know, Daniel Jones uh, coming off of a really good 2022 season. I think they're poised. For yet another one, as you look at his stats from last season, it was an all-time low, 388 yards and three touchdowns. It was just Derek Carr did not have a really good season. Derek Carr had one of the worst seasons of his career. They benched him and went on to Jarrett Sidham. So Darren Waller just didn't have a really good quarterback. I think going to Daniel Jones is definitely going to be better for Darren Waller. I think that he has the opportunity to be the number one target share on this offense. So I think that the target share alone – uh, creates him to the top five. Yeah, you could have put Dallas Goddard, uh, but I think that Goddard has more competition than he does uh, with Waller in New York. So those are my top five uh, fantasy tight ends. Like I mentioned, from one to five, it is a big time drop off. So get your tight ends early. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you miss out on uh, Travis Kelsey or uh, number two being up, uh, Shoot, you just said his name, and now I can't even remember. <laughs> Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Um, then you really – it's just wait at that point. Take your wide receivers yeah, and your running backs and wait. I think uh, if you are going to wait, some guys to look out for is, is Pat Fryer move. Uh, he's really been consistent. I'm not touching Kyle Pitts. I know that it's fantasy sites are being like, oh, I, this is – I drafted him You're done. three or two, <laughs> two years in a row. Never again. The man won't yeah. step foot on my roster. I like yeah, him so. this year because of where he's being drafted. You know, mm -hmm. he's – yeah, ends typically break out on your three or four, and the offense around him has gotten better. But if you're going to give him to me at the same value as like Pat Fryermuth or yeah, someone of that level, I would consider taking him um, there. But last year it was absurd when he was listed up there with like Andrews ahead of Kittle. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's uh, you mentioned the quarterback play that makes a huge. Uh, impact on when you take a tight end you got a guy like george kittle who um had what 13 touchdowns last year which is unheard of but you're looking at uh 
you don't know who their quarterback is. So it's like, and you know, they got weapons like CMC and Debo Samuel. So he's just kind of low there on that list. But then you got a guy. Um, I was I was really surprised that uh, Mark Andrews was. I mean, he is the second best tight end, but it's like him and Kelsey are like one A one B in my opinion, based Kelsey's on like, on the target share. Kelsey's a two. <laughs> yeah, he's like a double. If you want to rank like wide receivers, Kelsey would be number three. Yeah, and, and I agree with you in that. And then you got uh, like Hawkinson being three. I feel like it's a little high. I mean, he he was great yeah. in Detroit, but you're going to There's a just very a lot loaded of talent around him. Yeah, so he's. He's definitely reliable. It's just a matter of like, are you okay? If yeah. I'm Kirk Cousins and I see KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, and TJ Hawkinson, who are you throwing to? Even if Justin Jefferson is double covered, mm-hmm. I'm throwing it to Justin Jefferson. Well, it's know? pretty so, much to me, honestly, in conclusion. If you don't get uh, either Kelsey or Andrews, I'm waiting and double down at the later ends because there's, you know, there's definitely some value. And, you know, Pat Fryer moved Dalton Kincaid with the Bills offense. I think he's right. going to be a better tight end. Than Dawson Knox was ever was. I think that Kincaid was phenomenal at Utah, and Schultz and Houston will definitely be an interesting one to look at too. Yeah, so it's like you either take Wade, you take Travis Kelsey with the number one <laughs> overall pick, or you take somebody in like the eighth round. So yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of where we're at there for the tight ends. Um, oh, speaking of Kelsey oh, comparisons, Chew. What's up, Chew? Wade, he says Wade looks like Jason Kelsey with that beard. Okay. I'll take it. That's the brother with the, the larger beard. That's so. the brother with the yeah. beard, like down to here. Yeah. So you got some work to do. Uh, but but the, the viewers More of a Travis like beard. beard. Yes, exactly. So uh let's you uh mentioned Dawson Knox. Let's get in to the AFC East preview. Uh, for those who aren't huge football fans and maybe live under a rock, that includes the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, uh, the Miami Dolphins, and the New England Patriots. So I was doing a little bit of research. Uh, Bills won the division last year, and they are returning at plus 100 odds to take the cake this year in the division. You've got the Patriots uh, surprisingly at plus 325, but the lowest over-under of the group, which I'll get to in a second, uh, the Dolphins plus four hundred and the Jets at plus five hundred. Um, all the odds to win the division really surprised me. But then when you look at the over under, Bills ten and a half, Jets nine and a half, Dolphins nine and a half, Patriots seven and a half. So let's start with that. Patriots seven and a half over under wins. Tyler, what's your prediction? Uh, this is definitely going to be a conference that's going to beat each other up. It, it just feels like the hype that the AFC West got last year. So if it's going to tell you anything, there's going to be one team that's not going to really do so good. It's just hard to pick the under against Bill Belichick's team. So I'm right. going to go with the over. I think that they get to eight wins or nine wins, something like that. I'm not going to go exactly how many wins, uh, but I definitely think that their defense is going to keep them afloat. The question marks is, is Mac Jones, uh, you know, if it's pretty much, I feel like it's be the do or die season. If he does good, then he can stay another year. If he doesn't, I feel like the Patriots are just going to cut ties and go to somebody else. Uh, but it's going to be the Ramondre Stevenson show for now, unless they, uh, you know, try and poke after, you know, Leonard Fournette, Zeke Elliott, one of these top uh, free agents. Uh, and then look at the wide receivers. That's going to be a, a question mark, too. You know, they did add Juju Smith, but they also lost uh, Jacoby Myers uh, to the Raiders. Uh, so I think this is going to be a team with a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball. But I think that their defense uh, will get them to that eight win mark. So given the over. So you said Ramondi Stevenson. It wasn't somebody that cracked our top five 
fantasy running backs, but it's somebody I think uh, keep an eye on in those middle rounds because he's the running back one. It's it's his. That's it's if the they Stevenson don't sign show. anybody. That is true. I mean, there are still a few free agent running backs out there right now, like you mentioned, Fournette. And that's and why you Elliott. draft when everything is done and the preseason's over with. <laughs> that's exactly why we're drafting the week of week one. Uh, we're like, drafting we're, like 10 minutes before kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> we're not doing what? A few years ago when we drafted like week one preseason and I drafted Fournette and Le'Veon Bell and both of them ended up getting cut from their team the next week. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was not good. No, I was in shambles at that point. So. Wade, over under seven and a half for the Patriots. I agree with a lot of uh, Tyler's points, but I think that it's under just because the division's gotten that much better. Um, I'm going to put them right at seven wins. And I think that that puts the Patriots in a very interesting situation because if you go seven and 10, you're going to have a top 15 pick, but it's not going to be enough to get you a life-changing talent like Caleb Williams. But I think you could see the Patriots end up with a new quarterback in a deep quarterback draft class uh, this year because I don't think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. I just don't see how he can compete in this division with the talent that's there. I mean, you're going to be chasing Josh Allen, and if Tua can stay healthy, he's another young, great quarterback. Um, And then Aaron Rodgers, you know, is at the tail end of his career, but trying to get, get it done with the Jets. So. I think that the Patriots aren't a horrible team. I think they'll be pesky. I think they could beat the Bills and the Jets once apiece and probably the the Dolphins as well. But I think they'll have some head-scratching losses. And who knows? They might be setting up the tank. I mean, they haven't brought in a running back. They haven't brought any real talent in at wide receiver. And they didn't talk a ton about Mac Jones. So who knows? Maybe they go 2-15, and get Caleb Williams and – Start fresh. <laughs> I could see him sneaking out a win against a top team this year, though, in like a snow game where yeah. Mac Jones throws for 60 yards and they, they somehow win like they did last year. Um, so uh, let's let's move on to the warmer weather with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they're plus 400 to win the division over under nine and a half wins. Of course, they have Tua returning with his head still on his neck somehow. He looks like he gained 30 pounds to bulk up, and he took jujitsu classes to learn how to fall when he gets tackled. Um, and they added Jalen Ramsey to the defense. So nine and a half wins, Tyler. What do you think? Yeah, that defense is going to be one of the best uh, in the league right up there uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, but, yeah, the offense, uh, really the only really problem I have with it is, is to uh, – concerned with the concussion protocol and even if he does get hurt they did honestly upgrade the backup with mike white uh, so if mike white mike has white. to come in it's definitely going to be better than skylar thompson having to come in like he did uh, last season but we know their offense uh, i definitely like the running back ad- addition of devon a chain uh, in the running back uh, position you know i just feel like there's some mid running backs here you got jeff wilson you got raheem moser those are two guys that's not going to really be your bell cow i think that a chain is slowly going to emerge uh, as a breakout star for them. And then we know their receivers with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell. Uh, so I think that this is going to be a team uh, that's going to compete right up there with the Buffalo Bills. I think that they're in a better position than, New York, than the New York Jets are. Uh, so I'll go with the easy over for the fish. Okay. Wade, are you taking the over? I will. I'll take them right at 10 wins. I think this will be a very close division, as I just mentioned. But I think the Dolphins – can get there with the talent on offense and I think they're one signing away from being really 
elite on offense. I think that they'll probably be in the running for Ezekiel Elliott or maybe Leonard Fournette. I know we talked Dalvin Cook, but it seems like that's not going to happen. I think that would be an A-plus landing spot for any of those guys uh, to to go help Devon A-Chain, who we we all like. Um, But just the talent at receiver between Waddle and Tyreek Hill, I just think that this offense, to me, is still better than what we're seeing in New England and uh, New York. Okay. Uh, yeah, signing someone like a Leonard Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott, to me, makes sense because you got a guy who's kind of on the tail end of his career but maybe could have a resurgence under a new offense there. And he doesn't um, have to be the bell cow. You know, exactly. you got to catch passes all day. Yeah. yeah. You just you bring, like, a Leonard Fournette in as your third-down running back and you have him go get you a few yards. So moving back upstate to New York, we got the Jets, of course, signing Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, um, kind of reloading their wide receiver room. On paper, it looks great. Uh, big superstar names, but at nine and a half wins, I mean, when, when they signed them, people were calling for the Jets to win the Super Bowl. But do you really think, Tyler, that the Jets are going to do something special this year at nine? I feel like over under nine and a half. They're the Denver Broncos of last year. They're getting all the hype, uh, but they're going to get third place in this division. I think that it's a no, it's an under. You know, it's like Aaron Rodgers is like twenty one years old. People, he's in the back half of his career. I think right. that his glory days are behind him. And last year was one of his worst years of his career. I, I do think that he does have some better offensive weapons than he did at Green Bay. I expect Breach Hall to have a healthy season. And then Garrett Wilson is going to be one of those, you know, in fantasy, he's going to be one of those must-haves at the early rounds. And I think, in, in, you know, when looking outside of fantasy, he's definitely going to take it to the next level. Then you see Alan Lazard, that he's going to be the wide receiver too, since Elijah Moore is out the door. I think that their defense definitely improved. They have some young talent. I think they're, they're going to continue improving Sauce Gardner. Definitely one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league, but I just think that it's going to be a division that, that's just got to be one of these really, you know, not really an elite team, but good teams that's going to really underperform. I think it's going to be the New York Jets. So give me the under. Okay, the under. Wait, nine and a half. What you got? Right there with Tyler. I think uh, eight or nine wins for this team. So under. Um, I think the Dolphins, to me, have an edge up on the on the Jets. I think it's the Bills' division to win. Uh, I just, I still think there's some work to do here for this team. Bringing in Aaron Rodgers simply isn't enough. Uh, but you know, I think they're an improved bunch. Could sneak into the playoffs as a second wild card. But ultimately, I think you're going to see the Bills and the Dolphins make the playoffs out of this division. I think we're all on the under for the Jets. I'm not buying the hype. I think once Rogers' contract is up in two years, he just sails off into retirement. We've got a comment coming in from our boy Matty Ice. says that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to get hit and dust. is just going to blow out of his jersey. He's looking like he weighs a buck 30 out there. Yeah, his uh, his – his profile picture for the Jets looks like someone. He's wearing a kicker's helmet. Yeah, it's dressed up as Aaron Rodgers for Halloween Day. He's always so, looked like that though on the on the Packers. Like he looks like he bought the like Franklin uniform kit from the team store, <laughs> and like has the little uh, pads that you're supposed to wear with it. I mean, th- this guy's not Tom Brady. I mean, he's like just in what he wears on the field. Like he's. And- He's it high just doesn't on mushrooms look... half the time, so he's just getting yeah, he just looks throwing at somebody. 
Um, and then, of course, my comment on uh, if you live under a rock, I'll read the teams for you. We had Lyndon weigh in on that, saying that he does indeed live under a rock. So he appreciates us reading the team. He's so, just tuning in for his annual work fantasy football league. That exactly. He, That's what we're here for. That's what we're he's here getting for. Getting his advice. So uh, the last team, Buffalo Bills, uh, plus 100 to win the divisions, routed out at 10 and, a, 10 and a half on the over under. We'll start with Wade. What do you got? I like it. I think 11 um, is doable for this bunch. I think there'll be a few losses built in uh, just because the division is getting harder. But this team has Super Bowl aspirations. And if they're going to do that, they need to go at least 11 and six to me in the regular season. I'm thinking they go 12 and five. So um, I like this team. The AFC is loaded. I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC, but I definitely think they win the AFC East. Okay, Tyler. Yeah, I feel like sooner or later this team's got to win a Super Bowl. I mean, Bills Mafia is one of those fan bases that are very hungry to get there, and you know they got to get through Patrick Mahomes first before they get there. Especially Joe Burrow last year, they couldn't get the job done. Yeah. Uh, but I think that this defense uh, is really strong. They really didn't really add anybody, but they're still one of the best defenses. You know, you got Trey White in the secondary, you got Von Miller. Uh, uh, you know, in the and then you also got some really beast uh, in the middle. And then in the offense, it's a pretty similar offense from last year. And Devin Singletary isn't there. James Cook is probably going to be their primary back. And they did add Damian Harris, which I think that was a really solid add for them. He'll definitely be a dependable uh, third down back. So that will continue to be a running back by committee. And then your wide receivers are led by Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. There could be some room for improvement there. Wouldn't be surprised to me uh, if, you know, if they're around the trade dead, they're deadline and, you know, still – trying to look for some wins to get rid of this division. Uh, so I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to be over their win total. I think that they're going to finish. I agree with Wade. I think that this is a 12 and five team. So they lost Naheem Hines uh, before preseason camp started because somebody hit him while he was riding his jet ski mm-hmm. and he tore his ACL. Uh, that's, that's a, that's, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. Especially getting hit while you're driving a jet ski and you happen to tear your ACL. You gotta, you gotta watch who, who That's they're like. Lost the kickoff game for the Bills. Oh, I mean, the man was an automatic touchdown, probably once every three weeks. Uh, so, who do we have taking the division? Tyler. Bills. Bills. Okay. Bills. Bills. I'm going Dolphins. I think. Oh, okay. State All right. This All year. right. They load them full of good tuna, not bad tuna, and he, <laughs> uh, and he stays in the game. So that's our picks for the AFC East. Getting into the NFC East, we got, of course, Fort Linden. Uh, he knows who the Cowgirls are. I mean, the Cowboys. And then <laughs> you got the Eagles, the Giants, and rounding out the divisions, division, you have the Commanders. So let's start with the Commanders. Uh, plus 1,000 to win the division. Six and a half on the over-under. Tyler, what do you got? Uh, well, I'm going to go with the under. Uh, the quarterback situation is definitely still not what you want. It's probably quarterback? Same Howell, probably. You're probably going to go with him. Um, looking at the offense, you know, it's pretty much the same. You're rolling the same guys at wide receiver, Tarek McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, running backs, Antonio Gibson. You know how I feel about him. Don't like him at all. And then you also got Brian Robinson Jr., which I think that he's going to get a fair share. I think that this defense is good enough to win them games in the division, but this offense, you compare with Dallas's offense and Philadelphia's offense, it isn't close. I feel like this is going to be a team that's going to be right back in, in the top 10 in the NFL draft. So give me the under. I think this is like a four-win or a three-win team. Wait, do you agree or do you see the commanders making it to the playoffs? 
I think they'll be a little bit better than three or four wins, but I don't see them getting past win number six. I mean, the Eagles uh, just seem like they have a big grip on this division. We expect the Cowboys to be an improved bunch and the Giants upgraded on offense. I mean, like Tyler said, the commanders are rolling out the same guys as last year and everybody around them got better. So, yeah, I think this team is going to give Sam Howell a chance to be the quarterback of the future, but he better impress because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the draft and they'll be picking one from the top 10, maybe the top five, if it doesn't go well. No, I agree with you. The best thing that happened to Washington was uh, Dan Snyder's sale went through, and that's about all they're going to have to celebrate. Magic for. Johnson. Over and there. they might be rebranding yet again. I did see that. So I, hope I they say do. you you go top five, you know, you just tank, you draft Caleb Williams, and you name it the California Kings or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, going to the, up to New York, the Giants, plus 600 to win the division, seven and a half on the over-under. Tyler, what are you liking here? This was a team that definitely surprised a lot of people uh, last year, making the playoffs and ultimately uh, dethroning the Minnesota Vikings uh, on the road. We'll see if they can continue that momentum. Who knows what's going to happen with Saquon. Hopefully for the Giants and Giants fans' sake uh, that he'll be with them. I think that Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, if he's back with the Giants, I think that this offense will continue to elevate because they added, like I mentioned, the tight end position with Darren Waller and the wide receiver. I think that Jalen Hyatt, is definitely one of those rookie wide receivers I think that can have a big year for them. I think that their defense with Kayvon Thibodeau, there's a lot of young talent at the cornerback position with James Bradbury. So I'm going to stick with my Giants like I did last year. I think that they hit the over. Okay. He likes it. He likes it. Wade, what do you got? All right. I'm going to be a pessimist again and go with the Uh, under. Uh, I just don't see it with this team. I think they have a bunch of good wide receivers, but nobody that's elite. And I truly do think Darren Waller's over the hill. I think he was a good story for three or four years, but I think ultimately he got a late start to his career and he's out of his prime. So I just don't like this offense as much as others. I do think Saquon Barkley will end up playing, but if he doesn't, this team's in a world of hurt because... Put the under if he doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they don't have anybody. Eric Gray is currently number two on the depth chart. Hmm. Uh, I would imagine they would probably try to go get Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, or Dalvin Cook. But are those guys going to sign out of solidarity to Saquon? Like, he's holding out, and then their buddies go take his job? Like, uh, it's just a bad situation. Yeah, you mentioned that. The star running backs had a little Zoom call uh, last week to discuss the situation. We'll see what what comes out of that. Um if Saquon plays, I say take the over. And Tyler, you mentioned the wide receiver group, but they did grab Jalen Hyatt uh, in the draft this year. So it gives Daniel Jones a vertical presence uh, where he's been missing one the past couple of years. Yeah. So if he plays, I say over, and I think he'll play. So I'm going Giants over. Uh, let's go to the Cowboys, London's favorite team. Uh, nine and a half plus 175 to win the division. Wade, over or under? I'll take the over here. Um, I think this team sitting right at 10 or 11 wins is fair. Uh, not a whole lot of additions in the offseason. Dak Prescott vows to be an improved version of himself. Oh, I think Dak he, Prescott over yeah. under more interceptions than Cowboys wins. What's the over. answer there? <laughs> over, <laughs> over again. <laughs> but, I, I mean, look, he was coming off a pretty gruesome injury going into last season, and I, I think that – 
he'll bounce back. I think he is definitely their quarterback of the future. I really like Tony Pollard and, and CD Lamb. So this offensive core is, is very good. I don't know if it's enough to win the division, but I think with the NFC being down, um, this is definitely a top five team in the NFC. Okay. I like it. Tyler, what you think? Yeah, the Cowboys have been consistently getting over 10 wins, so I think they get it this season again. I think that their offense, you know, is, is definitely going to, you know, be interesting with Tony Pollard being their main guy. They did add Brandon Cooks uh, into the mix. You know, Cooks is having to be dealing with Davis Mills, so they, he's definitely going to be the, the wide receiver too uh, with C.D. Lamb and then Dalton Schultz uh, not being there. We're, you're going to have to see somebody uh, step up in the tight end group, but I think that Dallas's defense uh, had an insane uh, season last season, led by Micah Parsons. I think that their secondary is one of the best in the league. They they just have talent on all three levels of the defense. So I think that the defense alone will definitely keep them in ball games week in and week out. I think that the offense will continue to improve, uh, especially with Dak Prescott. I think that he's a fine uh, quarterback uh, in this league. So give me the over for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, you mentioned their secondary. They signed Stephon Gilmore. You got Trayvon Diggs back there. And, of course, Micah Parsons. We, Micah Parsons, we all know what he can do. I think they could potentially be one of the best defensive teams in the NFL this year. Um, I'm with you on that one. I'm going with the over as well. And to round out the NFC East, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the Super Bowl runner-ups. They're at plus 100 to win the division. Over under 10 and a half. So uh, Vegas likes the Eagles this year. But do we like the Eagles this year? Tyler? Yeah, it's pretty much the same team as it was uh, yep. a year ago outside the running back position. Miles Sanders is no longer there. You have DeAndre Swift. It's still I like be a the signing back. of DeAndre It's still going to be a running back by committee, though. I mean, you're, you're still going to see Boston Scott get in the mix. Kenneth Gainwell, the wide receiver duo, is one of the best uh, in the NFL. We know what their defense is. They did lose uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Gardner-Johnson suffered an injury uh, today. Uh, which looked serious at the beginning, but it looks like he's going to be all right. So that's definitely good if you're an Alliance fan. That would have been an awful start to the season without the season even starting. Uh, so I'm going to go with over again. I don't think that they get quite uh, the amount of wins as they did uh, last year. That's definitely tough to do in back-to-back years. But I think that to see they're a 12-win uh, or a 13-win team at the end of this. Wait. Yeah, I think they easily get this over. Um, I mean – the NFC is just not as good as it was a year or two ago. So I think even if they split the games with, with Dallas and New York, if they end up being as good as y'all think, I mean, there's still so many wins out there in the NFC. So uh, I think this team cruises to 11 wins, maybe 12. All right. So who do we have one in the division? Tyler? Eagles. Wait. I'm making the same mistake as I did last year. I think the Eagles win it, but I, I do think the Cowboys will give them a run. I'm going Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> I like. Going, I like. I think the defense is going to win it for him. So, uh, last thing to round out the, the NFL talk real quickly: uh, Tennessee Titans unveil the Houston Oilers throwback jerseys. I think they look sick. It's there's t- people in Houston that think that the Houston should wear them. I don't necessarily agree that Houston should wear them. It's just a weird scenario there because they left and. They don them as, you know, they don't say anything about the Houston Oilers on them, which, granted, I don't think they should. But when they announced it, they said the Houston Oilers jerseys when they were the Tennessee Oilers for a few years. So, I don't know. Thoughts? What do you all think on the jerseys? Well, the week that they should wear them is against the Houston Texans. That would be off all their fans. That's all I got to <laughs> say. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I think but. they look great. Um, I do like all the throwbacks that are coming with this new helmet rule. I think it's pretty long overdue. Um, it is – 
a little weird that the new Houston franchise is in the same division as the old Houston franchise. They play them twice a year. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like it when mascots align with the city, but, I mean, we've had the Los Angeles Lakers for – for years and years and that's their full-time name and you know this is just a one-off jersey so yeah nothing to get too worked up about in my it'd be opinion. like the new orleans pelicans wearing utah jazz throwback jerseys that's kind of how it's yeah. done so uh but the jersey's cool so let's look uh down to college football for our acc preview um of course to start off the difference there's no atlantic and no central division or coastal division yes i believe i believe it's the first uh uh, team that our first division to go, what am I saying? Conference, conference, conference fans division. division. Yes, to go division. It's definitely going to be the norm of college football. You know, the SEC is going to do it. Big Ten, you know, Pac-12 it has done it uh, last year. They were, they were actually the first one uh, to do it. And then the ACC was like, okay, we'll do that too. But actually, technically, the Big 12, if you want to count it. I don't know. It, all I, all I know is starting next teams. Yeah, it's just <laughs> – Starting next year, everybody's going to be top two, and you're in the conference championship. Which I think is how, that's how it should be. So right. uh, instead of breaking down every team, because there's a lot of teams, and half of them are going <laughs> to suck anyway, I'm just going to read their records and over-under, and I want you all to tell me who you pick for over-under, and we're going to go into the top three teams once we get done with it. So uh, starting off, we're going to go Virginia Tech. Record oh last gosh. year was three and eight. <laughs> their over-under is set at four and a half. Real quick, Tyler, what do you think? Uh, it's just tough for me to see Virginia Tech down this bad. Uh, you know, that three wins came in the first year of program, lost to Old Dominion. I don't think they lose to Old Dominion again. I think that this is not probably going to be a bowl win team, but it'll be a five and seven win team. Okay. Wait, what do you think? Uh, I think they'll be down in the dumps another Ooh. year. Under. All right. Minor uh, Sandman and all that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit them with the over because they got the Baylor quarterback, Kyron Drones, transferring in, and they got, they really, uh, Boosted their offense with some more key portal players. So let's go uh, Georgia Tech 2022. They finished the season at five and seven, but their over-under is set at four. So <laughs> I, I, I saw Miami. I saw seven and a half, and I was like, wait, hold up. Georgia Tech seven and a half. No, over-under <laughs> four. What do you think there, Tyler? Uh, Georgia Tech is definitely one of those uh, teams that are definitely interesting I just see them going over. I just don't think that they're going to be that bad of a football team. Georgia Tech is always one of those sneaky ACC teams that's going to upset you one week. They're just one of those physical bunches. South that, Georgia. Yeah, no, they're not going to do that. Georgia's probably going to plow <laughs> them for like the 10th consecutive year. But I do think that the Yellow Jackets will be hovering either around five wins or maybe they'll get lucky and get that six win and head to a bowl game. What do you think, Wade? I mean, this, this program was so good growing up as a kid. I mean, they made – that beat I think LSU they gave in a LSU. Year. They did. Yeah, that's whatever. Les Miles' stubborn butt just kept running the football. Yeah. Well, it was those two programs both had like twenty bowl game appearance streaks, and like they were never like national championship contenders. But my God, they fell off quickly. I mean, they're like two and ten for like three consecutive years, and they decide to start throwing the ball. And maybe after four years, they've learned how to do that. So I'll give them the over. Well, they got a new coach, and they got AM transfer quarterback Haynes King nope, taking the reins. Just for that, oh, I'm gosh. picking the under. <laughs> he lost his job to Max. You know Johnson. what? I'll, I'll be different. Just give him the over. I guess I'll trust in Haynes King for one more oh, year. Oh, Lord. 
All right. Well, let's go back to Virginia. Three and seven in 2022. Over under set at three and a half. What do you got, Tyler? Uh, I think that they're going to be once again three win team. Uh, this is a a team that's been down in the dumps uh, in the ACC uh, for quite some time. It feels like whenever they had uh, Kendrick Perkins, uh, you know that Perkins uh, quarterback, they were good for a couple of seasons, and then once he left, Virginia was back uh, to sucking in the ACC. So I think that this is going to be another year of torture for the Cavaliers, and they're probably just going to be look uh, looking at their calendar and like, when's basketball season? When's baseball season? Yeah, let's be real. ACC is more of a basketball conference. Wait, <laughs> what do you got? Three and a half. Yeah, I think three is the the magic number for this bunch. I mean, they did have the tragedy in the offseason, and um, I think that brings the team together. But it also probably put a big dent in uh, their recruiting. And, you know, you just were focused on other things. So I don't think this team's really there for this season. Um, last year, they didn't score more than 30 points all year. Uh, so that's pretty bad on offense and the defense. in a game. In a game, in a ga- uh, yes, in a game. Sorry, let me clarify that they didn't score more than thirty in a game, um, and the defense averaged twenty four points per game allowed. Uh, let's spice it up with Miami. They went five and seven last year, but a lot of people are high on the Mario Cristobal train. They're over under a set at seven and a half. Tyler, what do you think? Nah, Miami just continues to disappoint me like Texas does every year. I try and pick them to win the division every year, and then they just fail me. So uh, they definitely have a rough schedule. You know, they had to host uh, Texas A&M. I think that Texas A&M is one of those teams uh, that are also like Miami again the preseason night, but also failing. Uh, so at seven wins, uh, I'll give them the six. Yeah. I think they I think they go six and six. I, I'll right. give them nothing more than that. I'm just saying that they're going to be the same old Miami. They lost their swagger. And I think that Mario Cristobal is already going to be on the hot seat because Miami's athletic director is like, okay, you're sucking. Get out of here. They're going to be at the next one. Like, okay, you suck. Get out of here. So they can't <laughs> keep a head coach for like five years nowadays. Wade, who are you picking? Over on? Uh, I got them going seven and five. I think that seems appropriate. And okay. uh, give them the under. All right. Like I mentioned, it's Cristobal's second year. They got Tyler Van Dyke. If he can stay healthy, that's kind of the key to their success. But I'm going to give them the under as well. Uh, Boston College, they rounded out the year at three and nine. They're over under a set at five and a half. Over under. And uh, I'm going to tell you the notes I took for Boston College from the preview I read, I just wrote bad. So uh, I think I'm going to go with the under five and a half there. So uh, do y'all agree with me? Yeah. yeah, you know, Boston College. If we're going to – Georgia Tech gets the under, they get the under. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, I feel like if I'm giving the under to the Georgia Tech, I feel like they're pretty similar, and they'll probably get, like, a, an upset, you know, maybe upset like NC State or somebody like that at Wake Forest. Uh, but outside of that, whenever they have Clemson and Florida State, yeah, it won't probably be much of a contest. So, sorry, Boston College. Uh, no longer the days of Matt Ryan there. So, nope. BC under. Okay, let's go uh, Pittsburgh. Five and three last year. Over under set at six and a half. Um, and Pitt, uh, they they're rebuilding their defense. They lost a lot of guys, um, and they have their QB Phil Jerkovich returning after playing two years at Boston College. He was tired of that crap, and he went back to Pittsburgh. Okay. So, who do you got? Uh, what do you got at six and a half on Pittsburgh? On the mighty uh, yeah. Pitt. Pittsburgh lost a lot of offensive production uh, last year uh, with one of their top uh, running backs. Uh, and so 
I think that it's been a consistent couple of years of winning, but I think that it's going to fall down to 500 football. So give me the under. I think this is a six and six uh, football team. I think there's going to be question marks to be answered on both sides uh, of the ball. So I think that with a top heavy ACC this year, I think that Pitt is going to be in the middle of the pack and finish 500. All right. Wait, what do you think? Yeah, you stole the words out of my mouth. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, six and six, seven and five, five and seven type teams in this league. So pencil them in for a six and six and a um, Motor City Bowl up, up in Detroit. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got Louisville uh, went eight and five last year. Their over under is set at seven and a half. Uh, they don't play. Keep in mind, they don't play Clemson, Florida State or North Carolina this year. They've got a new coach and a new transfer quarterback. Over under seven and a half, Wade, what do you think? I mean, we're going a lot of six and six, seven and five. So there's some wins in here somewhere. And if they're not playing the big dogs, yeah, they get it. I think they get to nine wins. All right. Big hope for Louisville. Tyler. Yeah, I bet they're like, thank God we want to play uh, the big guys. So I think even with the, the new head coach uh, and the new uh, transfer quarterback, I think that they're going to be a good enough football team uh, to get to the eight-win mark, uh, at least maybe even nine wins uh, if they're lucky. So I think that the Cardinal have a bounce back here. You know, this is a year after Malik Cunningham, uh, so that's definitely going to be a new t- style of offense. They might m- rely heavily more on the running game. So I think that the Cardinal uh, will get to eight wins at least. Okay. Um Let's go back down to the bottom tier. Uh, Syracuse, seven and six last year. They were six and a half on the over under. And my notes for Syracuse is they have Garrett Schrader returning at quarterback. The beard himself, Wade wishes he had a beard like him. So, Wade, do you think he can lead the mighty orange to over six and a half wins? Uh, No, and I Thought he had like six and a half years of college eligibility. He's still playing. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, their defense definitely lost some key pieces. Yeah, I think that's what kept them afloat. Uh, Darius Chestnut, one of their top corners, uh, is no longer there. He decided to transfer uh, to LSU. I think that their offensive Garrett Trader. Chestnut. I just think that, I don't know, losing one of their top running backs too, I think this is going to be a team with a drop off. So I think it's going to be a five win team. I don't think they're going to be that good. Okay, so a team that has a lot of returners, 17 to be exact, is Duke. They were 5-3 yes. and three last year, and their over-under set at 6.5. Um, they also have one of the most up-and-coming coaches and one of the better coaches in the ACC, and Mike Elko, big defensive mind there. So what do you think? Duke, 6.5, over-under, Tyler. That's an easy over for me. Duke is one of my favorite teams uh, to watch heading into the season. They're one of my sleeper teams. It's not really winning the ACC championship, but it really makes some noise and into the top half. Uh, like you mentioned, Mike Go did a phenomenal job. You know, his first year, uh, he had to really get some of the recruits uh, to buy into what he was selling. I think that he was, uh, you know, he made it to a bowl game last season. Riley Leonard uh, is, you know, everyone likes to talk about Jordan Travis and Drake May, but I think that Riley Leonard uh, is a, a really talented quarterback. I think that their defense travels every week, especially with Elko's system. So I think that Duke wouldn't surprise me if they get to nine wins this season. I like it, Wade. You going with the All Blue right. Devils? After that campaign speech, man, I, I got to give them seven wins. I think they uh, get the over. Only and, seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. All right. The Duke's both- Mayo Bowl. Yes, the Duke the Duke is going to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and we're going to be there to cover it. I'm, I'm uh, manifesting that right now. 
Uh, so we got four teams left. We got North Carolina went nine and five last year. Their over under is set at eight and a half. Of course, they're returning Drake May. Um, he's one of the most hyped quarterbacks in college football. Uh, they do open up facing South Carolina. They have Appalachian State on the schedule. Oh gosh, <laughs> and they play Clemson and Miami. So that that eight and a half numbers looking pretty tough because I'm seeing one, two, three, four losses right off the bat. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's going to be a surprising under. I think that they lost some games that they shouldn't. Their defense is god-awful. They cannot stop anybody. They gave up almost 63 points to Appalachian State, and Appalachian State wasn't even good that year. If you remember the, the Mountaineers, were like, you know, they beat A&M, they kept it in North Carolina, and then they just fell on their face in the Sun Belt. So I think with their schedule, I think that their offense will win them uh, some games, but I think this is an eight-win team. So give me the under. All right. Wade, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, if they want to get to nine wins, they have to pull off the upset over South Carolina um, or Clemson. So I'm going to go with the under, uh, go right at eight wins. All right, we got Wake Forest finished eight and five last year. Uh, Their over-under is set at five and a half. Um, They lost their QB, but they do have a pretty good wide receiver core. But their defense was last in the ACC last year with 34 points allowed per game. Uh, What do you think, Wade? The, I think they the, go six the, and six and sneak into a bowl game. Okay, so they don't play as good as their baseball team, but they do get the over. So, what, uh, Tyler, what you got? Yeah, I think that their offense uh, is going to be more of a question mark than their defense. You know, with uh, without Sam Harvin being there, I think that their wide receiver core is about as good as is not not really anyone in the ACC. We're going to talk about the two other teams uh, that that might have better wide receiver cores uh, than them. I think that they're going to be right at five wins. I think this is going to be a team that's going to miss out on the, on a bowl victory. It's definitely hard to, you know, with the defense that they have not being so great in an ACC uh, conference, it's going to be better in offensively. So give me five wins. So give me the under. Okay. Uh, is Sam Hartman the guy that keeps his rib in the fridge? Or is <laughs> yes. that one? Of the, yes. Yeah. What a weirdo. Well, uh, talk about Notre Dame since they're not in a conference. <laughs> yes. NC State, eight and a half last year. We both picked them to win the ACC, and they let us down. Uh, Their over-under is set at six and a half. Uh, They got a transfer quarterback coming in. Pretty good defense, but not much for a wide receiver core. Six and a half. Tyler. Well, I'm going to go right under the thunder. I think they they gave six. So, without Devin Leary being there, I think that their quarterback after him definitely did well at the back end of the stretch. I think that their defense will always – you know, keep them in the ACC competition. So I think this will be a bowl team, at least. So give me the six wins on the dot. All right, Wade? Yeah, I could see him being right there at, at six and six. I mean, again, it just feels like we're going to have a lot of these mediocre teams. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of like round robin. Like, team A will beat team B but lose to team C. And it's going to be hard to differentiate them. Uh but the ACC will probably fill their bowl slots one way or another. So rounding out the ACC, we got the top two teams in my book, probably in our book as well, and that's who we're expecting to play in the championship. Uh, let's start with Clemson. Went 11-3 and last year, which they did not think was a success. Uh, their over-under is set as at 9.5. Uh, offense looked awful uh, with Cade Club. Club Nick in the spring. Uh, he was throwing interceptions left and right. We, we don't really know what he can do. He's a sophomore. Um, they are returning one of their top playmakers and running back, Will Shipley. Wait, does Dabo bring Clemson back to the promised land? Do they have another pizza party at nine and a 
half on the over. Oh man, nine and a half. Now I have to be positive. I was going to go at the under, but I mean, yeah, this team's going to get to 10 wins. I, I mean, I think that the competition's just down a little bit. I think Florida State could very well beat Clemson, and this team could still get to that goal. Um, so, yeah, I'll give them the over, but I maybe they get second in the uh, conference. Okay, Tyler? Yeah, I think this is probably over for me. This just feels like a 10-2 and two team. I think that their offense with Kay Klevniak, I with DJU uh, no longer being there, I think that Klevniak uh, in his last game that we saw him against Tennessee wasn't very good, so we'll see if he has a better thought going into this one. Will Shipley is definitely a better running back, but their wide receivers, like I keep mentioning, isn't what we're definitely used to at Clemson. I think that Clemson's defense is going to be the best along with Florida State uh, and the ACC, which is going to keep them afloat. Uh, but I see two losses uh, on them. One to Florida State and one to South Carolina again. I'll just say right here. South Carolina, I like it. Do they play Tennessee again this year? That was uh, in the bowl game. Yeah, that was in the bowl oh, game. Yeah, what am I thinking? Um, yeah, no, I, I like the South Carolina loss. I, I'm high on that one. I think I'm actually really high on I'll South take Carolina it. this year. Hey, it's in Columbia, so it's a different environment. Yeah. Uh, so last one, rounding out the ACC, Florida State. They went 10-3 and three last year. Their over-under is set at 10. Of course, everybody knows about Jordan Travis, probably made one of the biggest improvements from year to year. Um, but they opened the season with LSU. They play Clemson and Wake Forest and Florida all away, and they take on Miami at home. So 10 wins. Me personally, I'm going with the under. I could see him at nine. I think Clemson takes the cake this year in the ACC. But let's start with Wade. 10 wins over under. Uh, right at 10. I guess that's an over, huh? Push. It's a push. push. <laughs> so, Tyler, well, are you going to break the push? I am going to break the push. If you listen to Saturday's show, I'm all in on the Knowles. I think that this is going to be an 11-win team. The one loss being to the Fighting Tigers of LSU. I think that the Tigers get revenge on the Knowles. But I think that, uh, you know, Florida State has to go on the road to Clemson. But if you really look at it, Florida State has the advantage at the quarterback. You know, Jordan Travis is going to be right there at the Heisman discussion they really tapped into the transfer portal on both sides of the ball. I think that Mike Norvell, you know, showed his potential, the squad uh, last year. They got off to a hot start, but in the, in the end really uh, fell flat on their face. So I think that I'm already saying it, Florida State is, is going to win the ACC. I think that it's definitely going to be inter- interesting if they are an 11-1 team and win the ACC. Uh, they could definitely uh, be in one of those uh, top four spots in the college football playoffs. So I'm definitely drinking the Seminole Kool-Aid heading into the season. Yeah, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm spitting it out because I see him losing to LSU. (laughs) I see him losing to LSU. I see him losing to Clemson, and I see them ending the season. They're not losing losing to Florida. Florida. There's no way. I think they're losing to Florida. Not with Graham Mertz as their quarterback. It's going to sneak up on them. They got to play in the swamp. It's rivalry weekend. I think they lose to Florida. I, I agree with gonna, your first two, but not uh, Florida's yeah, not doing not it. I think Florida. they're going to be prime trying to make like last year. They're going to try to make a, pu- a push for the playoffs in that last week, and they're just going to overlook Florida. And I think I think they're going to. I think they could make the playoff if they played a Tyler situation at eleven and one. I mean, we've seen the committee reward teams for playing challenging week one and week two games, and it would be very much like the committee to give Florida State a second shot against LSU, if you know, in that scenario. So, um, that game in Orlando is shaping up to be a really good one. It's pretty much a playoff semifinal. 
Like, yeah, honestly, I think that Florida State can buy uh, to lose that game, but LSU can't, especially being the SEC of how their schedule is shaping up. Yeah, you I don't, I, I don't think LSU. If yeah, if, if LSU, LSU loses, loses that, that it's pretty much over. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that kind of wraps up our ACC talk here. Um. Let's get into a little bit of soccer. Uh, we had the U.S. Women's National Team open up the World Cup, like Tyler said earlier, with a 3-0 win over Vietnam. Um, they're taking on the Netherlands on Wednesday. It was kind of payback for, for that war over in Vietnam right there. <laughs> so, Tyler, what's your what's your predictions? I mean, you're the soccer guy. Uh, how do you think we fare with the Netherlands on the yeah, I think I think that if you ask uh, all the members on the women's national team if they played their best soccer uh, a couple of days ago, it would probably be no. I think that a lot of fans were expecting, you know, them to just run over Vietnam. But if you looked at Vietnam, you know, their style of defense is just suffocating. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, going to the Netherlands, uh, this is a, a 2019 World Cup final uh, rematch uh, whenever the U.S. won this one two to nothing uh, to get another star on their jersey. So I think that this is going to be another definitely uh, interesting battle. That It will definitely be a different look on the defensive side. Uh, but I do think that – I mean, I got to go with the country. I'm not going to pick against USA. No, I'm picking the United States all day. So I, I, think, uh, I think it will be a two-to-one victory uh, for the red, white, and blue. I think they'll be set up well. The goal difference right now, they have uh, – Three plus three on the Netherlands. Netherlands has plus one. Uh, so whoever wins this one is going to win the group. Uh, I think that U.S. will ultimately uh, win Group E. I like it. I like it. Uh, and, and other soccer news, of course, we had Lionel Messi make his debut for Miami FC by winning the game in extra time with a PK. I mean, a week ago he was shopping in Publix and people didn't even know who he was. And then he's winning the, the game for, for Miami. They're pumping a bunch of money into the team. Um, they're redoing. I saw something about them redoing every field around the league uh, per Messi's standards. So that'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. And then, of course, uh, Mbappe, the the most recent uh, soccer star tied to the Saudi Al Hilal team. Uh, this is what his contract, uh, his offer is for one season: seven hundred and seventy-six million dollars. <laughs> That breaks down to $64.6 million a month, $14.7 million a week, $2.1 million a day, $88,500 an hour, $24 per second. Like you mentioned, Wade, earlier, uh, he's coming up close on our hourly range. With Can I have a minute of your time, sir? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, That's it's probably why the, salary. the NFL people are like, hey, let's get on a Zoom. Did you see what this guy made? Uh, they need to go play soccer. Yeah, the, the NFL running back need to go play, go play over soccer. there. <laughs> I mean, comparison here, a tweet from front office sports, LeBron James all-time NBA earnings. I'm sorry, in X for <laughs> front office sports since Twitter is now X. LeBron James all-time NBA earnings, $531 million. Mbappe uh, offer is $776 million. Patrick Mahomes contract, $494 million. The value of the Arizona Coyotes hockey team, $450 million. The New York Mets entire payroll, $367 million. Tom Brady's all-time earnings, $332 million. This one blows my mind. The 2023 NFL salary cap, $225 million. 
the Seattle Storm WNBA team, $185 million, and the leader in PGA Tour earnings, Tiger Woods. Now, granted, he's worth a billion dollars, but $157 million, and Mbappe is still wiping the floor with all of them. So uh, my kids are going to learn to play soccer. That's all I got to say. For nine um, months, too, not career earnings. I mean, he's going to go do this and then turn around and sign with Real Madrid as it is anyways. I think if he goes and sells his soul to play for the Saudi Arabians, he's not going back anywhere else. I don't think you get a deal uh, after that one. But nope. he doesn't really have to. Once you see that type of money, you never go back. Yeah, I mean, play your nine months and then just see, see you later. I mean, Ronaldo got like $500 million and this is $276 million more. So uh, that was our soccer talk. And to round out the show, of course, we got NASCAR Neil update. So here we go, folks. It's a big week of milestones with Kyle Busch getting win number 100 for his own truck team, KBM. Then Denny Hamlin gets win number 600 for Toyota in the National Series and his 50th career win. It's also one year ago that Denny Hamlin won here and had his victory taken away from him for an illegal piece of tape. Wade, explain that to the listeners, the illegal piece of tape that you mentioned. He had some... uh... This target tape on the back of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was uh, benefiting his drag coefficients, and uh, people thought that he was trying to run a little slicker than uh, some of his competitors, I guess, is what I remember Neil delving into. So being a little sneaky snake there. Uh, but he got his redemption. There was also some controversy when the 41 car spun out with two to go, and it stayed green only to be thrown as a uh, caution as they were backing on to the last lap. Uh, the tempers were always flaring. I always love when they do in the NASCAR race uh, with multiple drivers beginning angry at each other, including Austin Dillon, who threw his helmet at his former teammate, Tyler Reddick, after he was wrecked due to trying to move to the bottom line. Oh, yes. the first lap. I did see this on Twitter. I was like, you know, this is like some baseball brawl level stuff, you know, <laughs> throw your helmet. As the yeah. guy's driving 260 miles an hour past you. Yeah. Uh, uh, shaping up for the playoff battle. Uh, the battle for the last two spots continue to be close with Bubba Wallace at plus 27 and 15th. And Michael McDowell at plus 17 and 16th. You have six drivers within 60 points of the line with only five races to go. Daniel Suarez dropped out of the top 16 after an early wreck took away the advantage he held. And three more wildcard races. Uh, where another new winner could add a wrinkle to the situation. In silly season news, or off-season, Justin Haley sides with Rick Ware racing for next season after not getting extended into the 31 car, which would be a downgrade, but is hopeful with their new alliance with RFK Racing. There are now one, maybe four open cup rides for next season, pending other moves that may be coming. So NASCAR, Neil, we appreciate you keeping us informed. Uh, And NASCAR, Neil, I have a bonus trivia for you. At the Nickelback concert, Brantley Gilbert was the opener, and he rocked the the Dale Earnhardt tank top with the number three on the front. And then uh, his bass player was wearing the Sundrop hat, which uh, NASCAR Neil has sometimes rocked here on the show, uh, yep. going back to those old school NASCAR sponsors. So NASCAR Nation, it's taken over. So uh you know, we gotta gotta hit the audience with the facts. Yeah, we, we got a, another show in Belly Up Sports, Chairgating Live. You can go check yeah. them out for your for your NASCAR news as well. So, well, we appreciate everybody tuning in this week. As as always, it's been a blast, fellas. And uh, if you're still here, hit that subscribe button, drop us a like and comment. 
Um, and stay tuned tomorrow night. Big, big, uh, big release from our boy TT over here. So uh, with that, we hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Uh, go sports. Peace.